this heaven? No. It's Iowa. I don't know what to do, Godfather. My voice is weak. It's weak. Anyway, I had this part in this podcast. Puts me right back on the top, you know, but this this man out there, he won't put me on the podcast. The head of the podcast. What was his name? Lane. Eric Lane. He said there's no chance. There's no chance. A month ago, he bought the rights to this book, bestseller. The main character is a guy just like me. And, you know, I wouldn't even have to act on this pod. I'd just be myself. Oh, Godfather. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this what you become a Hollywood snowcho Christ like a woman? Oh, what do I do? What do I do? It's nonsense. Ridiculous. Tell me, do you spend time with your family? Sure, I do. Good. Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. You look terrible. I want you to eat. I want you to rest well. And a month from now, this Hollywood Big Shot's going to give you what you want. Too late. They start recording the podcast in a week. I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. Up next is The Godfather on The Pot of Dreams. is no different than any other powerful man who's responsible for other people. If I had this part in the picture, it puts me right back up on top again. This Hollywood big shot's gonna give you what you want. He says there's no chance. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. You know my father, men are coming here to kill him. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business? I thought you weren't going to become a man like your father. I never wanted this for you. Fredo, you're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. Ever. Satan and all his works? I do renounce him. Don't ask me about my business, Kate. Is it true? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Okay, welcome everybody. If you listen, we will pod. This is Ben and Eric on the Pod of Dreams. We're talking The Godfather. This is my number two favorite movie, favorite film of all time. We're breaking our top five favorites uh, down, and uh, this was my number two. Ben, this was this. So this is one of the first movies where my pick, I think, was somewhat influenced by what I would consider 
sort of the greatness of the movie. Uh, I think all the other ones I picked, I like, I, and I and I love The Godfather. It, it is definitely one of my all time favorites. But I think it's it's greatness influenced me. How, does that ever like enter your brain when you're kind of trying to separate? Do I do I love this movie just for what it is, or does the fact that it's like its reputation influence how much I like this. I mean, it can in a general sense, sure. But when we're talking about favorites, I don't have a problem thinking like, what movie does just resonate with me? I mean, I have a problem because there's a lot of movies that are like that, but I don't have a problem. Godfather's a good example for me. This is a great movie. I, I don't have any remotely serious qualms with it whatsoever. It's great. I think it's great. I enjoy watching it. I understand why a lot of people highly regard the film i agree with it but it just doesn't resonate with me on the level of a bunch of other movies just like for like subjective personal reasons it's great and i'm looking forward to talking about it um so i don't really have a problem in a general sense um i you know you can see okay i i get why people think this movie is important and it can be too hyped or the hype can help or you think you ought to like it maybe that influences some stuff but, but in general you know I, I watch a movie and then i have whatever reaction i have um and this is a movie I saw way late. I mean, it doesn't. I guess you probably saw this when you were like a kid or a teenager. No, I probably didn't see it till I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like, see it till like late college. Okay. Like I was probably like twenty-one or twenty-two till I saw it. And this is one of the ones I heard like you have to see The Godfather. And I actually saw it as part of the watching every Best Picture thing that I did. And when we finally got to the early seventies, that's when I watched Godfather Part One, and then you know. Godfather Part Two. Yeah, so the movie came out in 1972. So this movie's you know more than 50 years old at this point. I just turned 50 last just, year. Yeah, yeah, just turned 50 last year. Th- that I think jumped out at me too. Is like whenever I've watched this movie, and even this last time, it doesn't feel old. I know it's it's sort of a it's a period piece, really. Like it's a movie that's supposed to be taking place in the 40s, right? It starts in the very end of 1945, and then. Yeah. It ends in like, I don't know, 1952, 53, somewhere in the early 50s. But that was always like a confusing thing for me, too, when I first saw this movie. It's like, it's oh, not wait, obvious. It's, yeah, the time it, this is supposed to be taking place at a different time than it is when it actually came. Because, you know, to me, it's just old. It's just an old, older film, you know, but it's obviously about a different period in, in American history. Um, so part of it for me, too, is I, wa- I was watching The Offer on Paramount Plus. It's a show about the making of this movie. Okay. And it's not a very good show. Uh, I, I like okay. it because it's about like how a movie gets made. Most of it's about Miles Teller plays the producer, Albert Ruddy, the guy who's kind of spearheaded the movie. And um, I found and that. This, this isn't a movie. This is a show. It's a show. It's a mini series. It was like, like six episodes. No, like 10. It was it was too long. There's too many episodes. Yeah, that, how is there that much of a narrative runway for? Well, got to be, okay. there, there, there is a I mean. In terms of a movie production, this has to have one of the craziest stories. But I mean, a ten, I mean, uh, no, a ten-hour long—that's no. insane. It didn't need all that. Absolutely not. I mean, there's okay. yeah, there's, and that's like ten hours. Like those are like hour-long right. episodes. That's what I'm saying. It seemed like a very serious, prestigious thing. Anyway, sorry. But th- there were like some things that really jumped out at me in watching it, and then watching the movie, I found kind of uh, just like I I never realized it. One is the Al Pacino of it that like he was a complete unknown actor and like the studio didn't want him at all to be in this movie because he was just a play actor hadn't been in anything and that coppola and this Ruddy guy like went to bat for him and and basically refused to make the movie if he wasn't 
Michael Corleone. And like to think that that's how Al Pacino basically got his start. I never realized that this was like basically his first big break movie. And I've like, I I don't like Godfather two and Godfather three is kind of, I mean, pretty bad. I've never seen it. I've literally never seen it. Nobody's ever said anything that's made me even vaguely interested watching it. I did buy that. There's like a Coppola made like a recut of it, which is apparently supposed to be a lot better. Um, But anyways, I don't I don't like Godfather 2 as much as this one because that one's mostly just about Michael. This one really isn't. But what jumped out at me is how amazing Al Pacino is in this movie. I mean, you could almost sure. make the argument this is his best performance. Like, Maybe. how much he changes from this sort of, like, college boy war hero to this, like, ruthless killer in the span of three hours is pretty astounding no he he sells it so well because it's very subtle and gradual and it happens mostly on his face you see i mean the plot happens around him his, because like, post- that stuff. his posture changes too like the way he holds and carries his body like there's a scene and I, I, I we're gonna jump around but like it's the right before um he kills the police chief and, and the, i don't remember the guy's name but the other one of the guys from one of the other rival crime families he has this look. He's got the gun. And he has his Salar- gun. Salazar. 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 Yeah, I don't know the guy that orders the hit on his dad or whatever. Um, you just see the look on his face. He's like, "All right, once I do this, this is going to be who I am. I'm going down this path. There's no no turning back from this." Yeah, he has that conversation. Conversation was like, "I'll just kill the police chief," and then he uh, says that. But then he it's right right before it happens. He's sitting at the table. And he's got the gun, and he's you see he's like getting himself right and he's like okay this is it and then you know he seals his fate he knows this is it this is who he's going to be once he does it there's no going back to the before the i'm not part of the family i'm not part of the crime family i'm all in at this point once i do this yeah uh, but yeah um, pacino in particular jumped out at me watching this so the other great. thing is like how big of a movie this was like i, I guess i had never realized that when it came out, it was the highest grossing film of all time for, you know, what, a year or two years later than Star Wars. Yeah, comes movies out. like this used to be like the biggest movie of all time. And there's something else just about the beginning of that movie. You said it doesn't look that old. And for the most part, I absolutely agree. There's a scene like, well, the, the first scene, right? I, I love that it starts with the blood back and then fades out with the undertaker. I believe in America. Yeah. I mean, that with the darkness, the, I mean, the, the music. See, again, I'm a big sucker for how a movie starts. And this movie is an all-time start. The, it the, starts great. The score, the, the black screen, and then just the voice. I believe in America. And I, this is a totally a non-related movie aside. So this is for anybody that's listening to this in the Twin Cities. If you ever do the Surly, Surly Brewery Tour, and this might not be the case anymore, but there was a guy that would do the tour, and he'd say, I'll give a free drink to anybody that can name the first line of Godfather. So if, you, if it's the same guy still doing the Surly Brewery Tour, um, and you can just remember, I believe in America. If you ask that question and you say, I believe in America, you can get yourself a free drink. It's very esoteric, but I, I went there twice and the same guy and he asked the same question twice. The second time I got a free drink, just as a weird aside, but yes, it's a great intro, but I almost like there's this incredible transition in the beginning. We start with like that big lavish wedding and all these characters and all these people. Incredible I way to start this, a movie. A we- it a, like, is an amazing and, wedding. And I, Get this like old Hollywood vibe for just like a second. It doesn't last long, but it feels like here's old Hollywood. Here's the grandio- grandiosity of the movies in the 30s and 40s. 
before it transforms into something that's just really violent and cynical and nasty. And I kind of just see the transition to New Hollywood almost within the context of this movie, which is something I've not noticed before. So it feels a little old well, to me right at the beginning in a way that's good. It's but not then, a problem. It's, every, it's a compliment. I think, honestly, dude, I think you're 100% right on it because in the show, there was this back and forth with the studio. Coppola had his battles with the the producers and the head Bob Evans, the head of Paramount. And like, I think having a character in there be a movie executive where 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 he literally cuts a horse's head and stuffs it into sheets is like that's the other thing. This movie, there's something sort of punk rock about it, too. It's like it's like I don't give a fuck. I'm going to take the studio's money. I'm going to make this movie that I want to make, but I know they're going to hate. And and, you know, middle fingers to everybody. But I think you're right about about just telling the story about the way movie making has changed and Hollywood has changed. I, honestly, I think you're you're spot on about that. It's a really astute, like oh well, thank analysis. you. That's one of no. the highest praise I've ever gotten this, from about uh, any comment I've ever made about I, a movie. Wow, I, I okay. think that's that's a really because I think Coppola definitely was you know pulling at those strings for sure. Because I saw it and it's like okay, this feels old, and then. And then that goes away, and then it becomes a, a different movie. I mean, it doesn't really come in different. I mean, just, it, it's seamless. It, it works so well because, of course, you have the passing of, of Vito Corleone and the old way of doing it, and, and a, a new era, a, a new era of crime, and, and power. Um, but and also, this, like this idea that that the old way was like that. You know, we sort of fantasize about how we the old way was. But in reality, they were all still criminals and crooks and killers. You know what I mean? Like, oh I, sure. But it, it, that wedding works so well because this is something it really. Uh, this is the third time I've seen it all the way through, and the wedding scene works because there's just this air of tragedy that looms over it. Like not not maybe the first time you watched it, but once you know where it's going, like oh, so many of these people are going to end up dead in this movie through violence. We got other members of the crime family. Luca Brazzo is going to die. Don Vito is going to die. Sonny's going to die. All this violence, all this lifestyle is just going to slowly deteriorate and decay. Um, and it's it works. It, it works on a rewatch. It gives it a richness, a rewatch abilities. Like you can just see some of these qualities permeate through the movie in a way that it didn't initially, right? Because here, here you see him at the, at, the, at his height before the fall, and it's it's great. It's just phenomenal. Works but it, the movie well. just kicks you right in. It, you're just sure. at the wedding. People are coming to him asking for things that he can't refuse because it's his daughter's wedding. And then he goes out and dances with her, which he dances to the theme, which I I, I didn't catch before, which I think is pretty fucking brilliant that they the no, father, I, I didn't notice that the father daughter dances the da, na, 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 like that the Godfather theme, which is na, na, na. yeah. yeah. Which is super cool, but yeah, and then and then things slowly get darker, you know. Um, so, it, it, but the other thing about this movie, again, comparing it to Godfather Two, which again, according to the show, like they never really intended to make a sequel. It wasn't like they were like, "Let's do this as a trilogy." He made one movie, and it was a huge hit, and the studio like made him make a sequel, essentially. Sure, and they they had a big check, um, and I did this, uh, did this. The success of Godfather enable him to make the conversation, side note, because he makes the conversation in between these two, which I love conversation. It's a movie I love more than the Godfather movies. Um, have you seen the conversation? Uh, it's I, I don't know if I've seen it or focused in it. I need to rewatch it because I mean, I am a gigantic. I think Coppola made 
Godfather one and two and Apocalypse Now are like three of the best five movies ever made. I mean, really. Well, then, like, yeah, if you haven't seen the conversation all the way through, no, hearing that you you conversation is at least worth you watching. I don't think you'll hate it. You might not love it as much as me. I'm not saying that, but you should watch it. It's great. I don't think I don't think you'll have a bad time uh, at a minimum. But anyway, um, that's not super important. Um, I don't, I don't even know where to start because there's so much in this movie. Uh, other thing, it, just other thing I wanted to point out, just because I know you, um, Star Wars. I got this time watching this movie. I got serious Star Wars vibes. Now I know there's not lightsabers Weird. and Jedi's and shit, but Michael is essentially Luke Skywalker in this story, right? Well, wouldn't he, he be like the dark version, or do you view him well, as okay, heroic? Okay, so he's, so he's Anakin, right? He's, he's the Sith Lord. He could sure. go either way, and he's okay. influenced by his father. No, because the loss of his father influences. He loses his father, and then he's influenced to the dark side, and it ends up destroying him and re- removing balance from the the galaxy like i don't know i just it's funny that this and then lucas makes star wars and they were they had a movie studio together coppola and lucas and were you know great friends and then had this falling out and i don't know i just i thought i was thinking about star wars a lot when i was watching this movie maybe um that's interesting i wasn't thinking about star wars at all i that's funny to me that 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 it made you think of star wars um I mean, I don't view Michael's descent quite like he's a Jedi or a Sith Lord or anything like that. Um, but you could. I mean, he slowly. Why is it slowly? I don't know. This is, Michael's an interesting case. You know, he wanted away from the family. Why did he want away from the family? Because his did father he, wanted that. He, he was. Just, I think the whole time he was just doing what his father wanted. He knew his dad didn't want him in the business. He knew his dad wanted oh, so him excluded. So he wanted to be in the business, but he respected his father's wishes and didn't join. I, 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 sorry, and we're gonna. I, I know you don't like part two as much, and I, I haven't seen it in a long time. This movie made me really want to watch part two, but yeah, I, it's me too. another three hour chunk. But it's like I really need to see part two again. It's been a long time, so I might try to chip away at part two. This made, it, but I think part two, even if they didn't intend to make it, it's, it does what a great sequel does and enhances and enriches the first. And then those are two stories that speak to each other in really meaningful ways. Um. Because you do get a scene, and you mentioned on Twitter that you wanted like a prequel, which I have zero interest in. But but whatever, yeah, you, know, you wanted to see Michael survive the war, and you wanted to see the gang war of 1935 or whatever it was. Um, I don't care about that. But because they talk, well, they list. talk about how how Tom isn't a wartime conciliary, and Sonny says like my dad had this other guy when he went to war. Like I want to sure. see that war. They'd be fucking awesome. There's narrative. There's meat on that narrative bone. Some people would care, but I wouldn't. I might, I might watch it, but it wouldn't. I not excited about it but anyway um there's a scene at the very end of godfather part two where you get a you get a flashback uh before the wedding earlier when world war ii is breaking out and like we're gonna go to war we being the u.s is gonna enter the war and michael says i'm gonna i'm dropping out of college i'm gonna go be a marine and everybody disagrees with it except for frito which has its own connotation because he obviously he kills uh, fredo in the next movie um Afraid is the only one that supported him. It was like, good for you. Um, and it seemed like everybody else didn't want it. But I don't remember the scene super well. So I, I didn't get that his father wanted him to to join the military. Um, I, I thought there was some tension and he kind of disliked his family and the violence a little bit. But who knows? You know, really, well, I think there's a lot of room to interpret how you want their relationship. When he, sh- when he shows I'm with you. Like, yeah, he's he crying. says that to his dad. Like dad I'm with you now. Yeah. 
I'm here now. Right. And that, that felt more than obviously there's physically there, but like I'm back with the family. I'm not rebelling anymore. I'm not doing my own thing. I'm back in the fold. Like he wanted to be out deliberately. I've always interpreted it as he, he found his family distasteful. But, no, because this the scene where he doesn't where, even speak Italian that well. You know what I mean? Like, but the he scene struggles where, with Italian where the at the Don, restaurant. where the Don's in the hospital, and 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 Tom tells him that Michael's the one that killed them. He the Don has is heartbreaking. He starts crying because he didn't want that for his son. Like that that's the thing that broke his heart the most. Yeah, maybe is yeah, that Michael's the one that did it. Yeah, that that's a fair point. It could be. Um, I don't know. I mean, he cries because his son's but. But if he felt like his son was always with, I don't know. I, it, He's I more sad about that than when he finds out Sonny's dead. Um, it, hurt, it hurt him more to know that Michael is now well, I think he knew Michael involved. was the most talented of his kids. I mean, I think he knows Sonny. Side note, this is totally... The first time I saw this movie, I was so confused by the Santino thing. I was like, who the fuck is Santino? They're Sonny, but Santino is Sonny. Oh, Sonny, Sonny. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't, well, and also didn't that James Caan is an Italian man is like... Wow, well, that's a really bad casting. But I, don't, I mean, well, this I, is probably James Con's best role. I mean, I I don't think it was pretty good, but I haven't seen all Thief, so oh yeah, I guess I'll reserve judgment. But having seen him in the program, like okay, he's at least way better here than in the program. Um, yeah, yeah, like way better. I, I, I've um, never really been a huge James Con guy. Yeah, but... I, I don't, and he's okay in Elf, I guess too, um, where he just plays a cranky old guy. Um, but, no, but what I was gonna say is is sorry. the scene when we first see Michael. When he shows up at the wedding and he's kind of talking to Kay, he's very like low key about explaining this. He's and, and he's like the the ones I oh got. I fucking love it. I wish I could remember exactly what he says, but he's talking about. Um, I, I think it's when he's talking about Johnny Fontaine and how he got that his is, career. He's a story about the band and he's leader, like, right? And he's like, and then Luca Brasi came in there and they hung hung his hung him out a twenty story window. And he's like, he sits back. He's like, that's a true story. And Kay's like. You're kidding, Michael. And he's like, nope, that's a true story. Like, but he says it in such a nonchalant way. He's not made, passing judgment on it. He's like, that's just my family. That's who they are. I think he said, can you believe that? I, like, it's well, incredible. He's my aware of how crazy it is. That, right. Like, and, and all the, the senators and the deep connections that his dad has with all these people in power. Um, I don't know. Their, their relationship is interesting. It's fine. I mean, I, I think there's lots of different ways of interpreting their relationship. Yeah. I Michael, like that it's a mystery. I like Michael that we Corleone don't know sure. is Luke Skywalker. I, you heard That's it fine. here first on the Pot of Dreams. Uh, only more whiny. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, more whiny. Um, uh, Luke is more whiny? Or? I'm joking. Uh, I was making a joke. Michael nobody's Luke more whiny than Luke. I say not whiny. Correct. That's correct. That was the joke. It was oh, no, get the power converters. I want to go to Tosh Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> um so I don't know there's something okay so and this isn't the movie theory it's three hours long and it goes by really fast with one exception do you know what the one exception is the Italy three, scenes yes yeah those are ones I like those are the time where I feel like I have to get through a section of the movie yeah I feel like oh and it doesn't end up mattering that much for I think what's the real narrative relevancy nobody references this death in Italy ever in the rest of the movie Nobody cares. Nobody acknowledges it. I, you know, I'm sure he wouldn't have told Kay, Diane Keaton character. And I don't know what it shapes his personality either. Like he comes back, Sonny's dead, and there's all this other stuff to deal with. And then here's this woman that he met, married, and she died. Did the people that killed her get punished? Do we know anything about that? Well, and in the yeah. end, they do. I mean, I think I think it's part of why Michael decides to 
join the family and get revenge. Well, the, he the knows that the, uh, the five families are responsible for that. Okay. Sure. Okay, so you think maybe give some extra motivation. Because in, to in the end of the movie, him. he executes all of them. I mean, he's well, like he's, all the leaders of the five. He's straight families, up yes. Darth Vader at that point, right? He's well, like, then, wouldn't that have created a war? Does it? Wouldn't that create a massive war? It I mean, does. I'm like for the next five years, they're just yeah. fighting each other nonstop. I think like I think in families. Godfather Two, if I remember correctly, it skips ahead and the, the they're in. Yeah, in that's the, the end of the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No, it, yeah. And he switches to a wartime conciliary. That's why he ditches right. Tom Higgins. Tom, you're not a wartime conciliary. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're right about the Italian scenes. I, I do enjoy them because it's kind of cool to see Michael just creeping in Italy and then watching Apollonia blow up is like crazy. But um, there, yeah, there's there's really no reason. If I if I'm an editor and I want to cut this movie down, I'm like. Why are we? And apparently that was a big fight to make the, you know, to film those in Italy and all the money to film that. And Coppola wanted it and thought it was super important to the narrative. And I'd love fine, to, I guess I'd love to go there and see that. It's, uh, shouts to uh, White, White Lotus. Lotus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I saw. I, I didn't see all of White Lotus season two. But I saw chunks. My wife watched it and I would tune in for an episode or part of an episode. And I saw the. Edit. They yeah. go to where they filmed right, it. They, and they, they go get, to they the, the restaurant. Yeah. And she's the like the doll. Uh, that that's the only time where I was like, oh, okay, this is this movie sizzles, it cracks, it flows, and then it's like, oh boy, okay, how much the, longer the we spend in Italy? Yes, you're right, you're 100 percent correct. The other thing about this movie that I just if 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 we, if we don't talk about it, I would feel mal- like no, we committed sure. malpractice. This is Marlon Brando. Like, I don't okay. think and see you. I can already tell. I I honestly I think in my life we just did there will be blood. I think Danny Day Lewis's performance in that is one of the greatest of all time. But I, I think I really think this is the greatest acting performance of anyone I've ever seen. Okay. I, there's, I, and it's the reason I why like Godfather Two doesn't work for me as much is because there's no, there's no God. The Godfather's not in the Godfather. Well, the so, question is, who's Don the Godfather? Cor- is Don it, is Corleone. The Godfather... We don't get Don Corleone. But the title Godfather, that's itself a question. Question: Is it referred to Don Corleone? Or is it referred to Michael Corleone? Well, Just we the don't get ignoring the sequels. We don't get Vito Corleone in the sequels. So, well, that's fine. <laughs> of all the performances in the movie, I think I like Marlon Brando's among the very least. Wow! I, wow! I, I do not like it as much as I, it, well. I'll put it ahead of, of James Caan, but it, it, it's not. It's not Diane Keaton. It's not you know. Al You're Pacino. gonna give K. The Kate's better great, she's incredible. I, I Diane Keaton's great. I, I, I don't have. I, I what, think what I think her acting in the second one takes away. In the second one, I don't think she. The, the, I, I don't remember. A, I'm not, I had I'm an not abortion, talking. Michael. I had an abortion. It was an abomination. Like I, I, I don't like that part. But well, that's that's the sequel. You don't like that she gets a revenge abortion? Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, no, I think it's I think it's a stupid move, but whatever. Well, that's fine. I, that's fine. I, I, it's. It's she also cheaters. she also married a guy she knew was like associated with the organized crime. Like, what are you doing here? Do you not understand what's happening? I mean, I do I do love the scene where she at like Michael did did you kill? Um, I don't think she realizes just how bad it is until that moment. I don't know. At late. the wedding, Michael was pretty clear about what his family does. Right, but anyway, that's fine. 
I don't. I don't think okay, she can really grasp. Back or to I think Brando. she thought Michael was different. I don't know. Back to Brando. It, it teeters on a little too much over the top, and I'll give you the example where it's like it, it, it almost loses me, and it's the death scene. Um, it's, it's a bit much. Uh, like oh, this is. Oh, I love I love that where he's playing with his grandson with the. I don't have a problem that he's dies in front of his, his grandson, but that or it's like this is. Okay, we're getting a little okay. We're getting a little bit, mm. and there's times where like I mean, you've heard the impersonations, and he's just kind of almost toying with overdoing it a bit much. Is I it, he, it doesn't Heath Ledger toy with overdoing the Joker? I I would say there's a difference between being an Italian mob guy and an insane nihilistic, you know, villain in a comic book. Movie. Oh, so I would, so it's the, the low racism you're thinking. The way Brando portrays it, a little bit of racism? I don't – well, no, not necessarily. Maybe. I, Italians can take issue with that or tell me I'm wrong and he's spot on. I don't care. I, I feel like he he's almost quite a character. Um, there's, there is subtlety there. There's a little bit of subtlety, but there's times where I'm just – I don't fully believe him. I'm like, hmm. It's so I dynamic, though. You. Like, you cannot look away. You. you cannot look away, though. Well, he's charismatic. Sure, he's a star. I'm not bored looking at him. I'm not like, get off the screen, you Ben Lewis motherfucker. You're so boring. I don't want to look at you. It's not that situation. But there's times where I, I, the illusion is almost shattered. It, it teeters on the edge of being shattered. Of this is a real person versus this is like zaniness. It comes real close at a couple of times. Um, I don't always buy the range of emotions that he's experiencing. I just, it's not quite... Not quite there. Um, and Brando, at this point, I mean, he's... I don't know at what point he kind of goes off the deep end a little bit. I don't know if this is it or a little after Did, this. Didn't accept his Oscar. Refused is, to yeah, accept this it. The, this is the Native woman who comes up and yeah. says he's rejecting this for the treatment of Native Americans. In, and, in films, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is pretty baller. That's a pretty baller move. That's fine. I mean, yeah, he's a, the biggest star ever, really, yeah. at that point. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's like... His best days aren't behind him yet, but they're coming close. I guess I see this. Well, I, okay. I think this is part of a big comeback, and then and then a, a steep decline after that. Because well, I don't even know what he's in after this. After he's in Superman. Oh, okay. For a hot minute, he plays Superman's dad, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, he he takes roles. He gets paycheck. I know he's in the Island of Doctor Moreau <laughs> in the nineties. Uh, I mean, he's in some stuff, but um, but but also like. The, the influence that this movie had that's another thing that that i just oh, sure. i guess i didn't realize like scorsese you know we always think of like oh scorsese's making mobster movies like does scorsese make any movie if it isn't for this you know i know i know coppola like they're sort of contemporaries but like you know scorsese's t- 10 years later for the most part mean streets is before godfather so what uh, year is mean streets like 71 i think is it really okay so they are but i mean goodfellas is in the 90s right so he doesn't well, make sure. his like his sure, like maybe. gangster gangster film and casino sure that's fine but i mean i i think he had this sensibility anyway but of course godfather would have been transformative it was transformative for everybody i mean this was the biggest movie of 1972 this was a massive hit it's one of those movies that everybody saw in the early 70s um so yeah i mean i don't doubt that that shaped shaped scorsese in a good way but i do think he had some of these sensibilities that predated it and taxi drivers its own thing it's different you know he doesn't make 
And maybe he would have made Goodfellas earlier if this movie doesn't exist. Maybe he's like, I can't do Goodfellas because it's too much like The Godfather. I don't know. That's possible. Uh, but I mean, so he waits. I mean, he doesn't do it till much later in his career, really. I mean, he's got two decades of movies before he uh, makes Goodfellas. But I don't know. I mean, there's other than and this isn't this isn't even a this isn't a movie flaw. This is a, 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 a game theory question. Was having Luca Brazo pretend to go to the other side is one of the all-time dumb moves? Did he think that would work? You know, yeah, so- after he says no to the narcotics, he says, I want you to pretend. I want you to pretend you're unhappy with this and go work for them and tell me what you see. Would that? Did he expect that to work? Yeah, the, the actual like war games that he played, they're pretty stupid. Like, I mean, that yeah, you're right. Of course, they're gonna just kill him. Like, well, like you're just they, sending they him out to die. Yeah, yeah. Like you think they would be? Oh, I guess he he's upset about the drug. Like, it just seems so clearly like this is the guy that's been there with you for two decades or whatever. Like your most loyal fighter, and he wants to switch sides all of a sudden. Okay, come on. I, I, was like, I just found that really unconvincing. Like, well, it, it, and I was always super confused. It's like there's the Slotso guy, and then there's the the other guy, and I think in the end that's how he figures it out. That like when they have that that meeting, he he determines that it wasn't really Slotso; it was really the other guy that was behind it all. It's like that that is kind of confusing. I think most people that watch this movie are just like, I don't know, those are the bad guys. And well, yeah, it's tough to keep track of the names. I did yeah. a better job this time than the last two, but again, like. He, the, there's the family that has his, um, you know, he kills the guy's son. Well, actually, um, Michael kills the guy's son. The Tatalia, right, yeah. right. Then that's who he thought tried to have Sonny killed. But then the guy talks in a particular way in that meeting where he realizes, oh, that guy, that, that guy's the one that had Sonny killed. Um, it was that guy. Yeah. He's upset about me not sharing territories, so he's able to right. figure it out. I was like, oh. That makes more sense now. Um, it all kind of clicked more. I mean, I don't keep all the names straight for sure. And I, I was like, how does he know where everybody's going to be when he kills them all during the communion? I mean, like, uh, there's a, just a whole list of just insanely iconic sequences and, and shots in this movie. I mean, you mentioned the $600,000 horse head. But just the... the Which apparently, the, according to the, the show, was a real horse head. Like, they got it from, like, a, a it looks dead real. horse. Yeah, like... It, that's, it looks real. That's uh, Francis Ford Coppola would kill an actual animal on Apocalypse Now, and it was the last animal murdered on film. I don't know if you remember, but they they kill uh, people in the jungle. The, that's a, they're the, really killing an animal there. Oh yes, shit! I yes, didn't realize that's that. actual an actual animal murder. I remember when I watched one. the movie, I was like, "How did they do that? That looks they, real." They just killed the yeah. animal. It was real. They just <laughs> chopped its head off. You watched it die on film. So there yeah. you go. Um, but the juxtaposition, he's like doing this. Being the godfather, the godfather has so many connotations. He's being the godfather for, you know, his sister's kid. Um, Juxtaposition to all these people dying and him saying he'll not sin and reject the devil. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, reject Satan. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so. Yeah. And and all while, yes, it's like. All the while he's bringing evil in. Catholicism. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is like cover for him. Yeah. just it's just so brutal and violent and devastating and you're like oh yeah this guy is he was the most reluctant at first but he's just a supreme rat bastard i mean he's just awful 
And then he just keeps getting more awful. And, you know, you know where he's going in Godfather Part 2. And then even, I watch this and I can't help but think of the end of Godfather Part 2 where he's just like completely alone and isolated. Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, you're at the top, but you're utterly alone in every well, way possible. And you just killed your brother. I mean, not, I mean, you had him killed, but same difference, really. It's funny you bring up uh, Fredo, and I was thinking about the casino scenes with the Mo Green guy. And, like, honestly, the movie Casino could just be, like, a spinoff of this. Like, it's, right. it's literally, like, De Niro's character leaves New York, the New York mafia scene, and starts running casinos out in Vegas. Like, that's that's like a it's like a spinoff of this movie in a way. I mean, it's crazy. You could. And, it, and this is where like and the scenes in this movie just set up Fredo's moves in Godfather Part Two. Um, you, you see like here he is. He's a fuck up. His brother had to come and save him from getting pushed around by Mo Green. And he's trying to form some sort of identity, but he just can't do it. And you see him bumble his way in Part Two and end up having, you know, getting killed because he he makes a very awkward move for the throne and it's all set up. I mean, it's not deliberately set up. They didn't intend to, set, but it just, it works. Those scenes in, in this movie just set up the tragedy that's down the road. And so I, yeah. I, I found myself thinking about God of the part two, a fair amount with this movie because they, they do speak to each other so well. Um, I was going to say, I, it's not to jump on our five degrees of field dreams, but uh, John Cazale was, I did want to have like a little talk about him. Cause if you really just take this movie on its own, Fredo has very little to do with it. I mean, well, I always think of Fredo. They knew it was you, Fredo, like that. that but that that's not in this movie. You broke my heart. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's part two. And and his character, the, the, there's the the scenes in Vegas where he's like, I got some ladies for you. And then, you know, you set my brother straight. You're going to set my brother straight. And Fredo, don't ever don't ever talk about us. Take sides, uh, against, don't sides, take sides against the family, family. ever. But really, ever. that that's like the only scene that Fredo's in. And then he's in there when his dad gets shot at. Yeah, he has like stand. three scenes. It's not much, but I, I think he does an incredible amount with those three scenes, by the way. I mean, oh, yeah, John Cazale's like an all timer, but like it's just like so he's driving his father to like share pop and he has like his guard isn't up even slightly. He's just nonchalant. He doesn't consider that somebody would call in sick to set up the dad uh, to get killed. Just that doesn't cross his mind. And then they, they come running and he tries to get his gun out, but he's so slow to react and he bumbles the gun. And then even as his father just got shot, he's just like sitting there crying and like upset. And that's a total human reaction. I would probably react the same way. I'm really not judging. But then you compare that to Michael, who's at the hospital. He moves the dad into, you know, a Saves his life. Yeah. sees the baker. He's like, who are you? And then like, we're going to sit there. And he stands there. He doesn't have a gun at this point. He just pretends to. Pure bluff. Acting like if these guys come, these guys could come barreling in and murdering him and the baker and his dad. And it's lights out, but they don't know. They, they see him standing there. Um, and the baker's, you know, shaking. He can't light a cigarette. And Michael's just yeah, stone cold, nonchalant. Yeah. I'm fine. We're fine. Good dub. Didn't care. Unfazed completely. And it's just such a good, good heft. And just even seeing like Fredo's like trying to impress his brother but he's just like so unaware of what's happening he's so oblivious he means well but he's just kind of a dope and everybody knows a dope even you know even don is like talking is like let's face it santino god rest his soul it was a bad don and three though to michael i always thought you would i was a puppet on a string i thought you would hold the strings <clears throat> you know he's a fuck up Fredo's a fuck up 
We see him in just those little, little bit of scenes. He's an all-time he fuck-up. Yeah, he's an all-timer. He yeah. And and he can't even, like, he's got this primo position, totally unearned because he just happens to be in this powerful family. He's banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Two at a time. <laughs> can't get drinks. And he, like, can't even do this easy job, which is, like, running a casino with mob backup and mob support. Yeah, and he can't even do that. It's just, it, it's great. He's just fantastic in his three scenes. So we see that, like, I see an actual human. I don't waver for a second, unlike with Don Vito at times. But I, I, this isn't the cap- capitalism is bad cap hour. But I think we have to the line. It's just business is is this great jab at capitalism, and Don Vito is is they try to kill him because he's a bad capitalist. He gets in the way of people making money. His stupid old world values. They get in the way of that cash money. That's why he shot. It's just business, which is also really a condemnation because it's, you know, I, I I don't value you as much as I value the money. You know, you know, I, I'm not doing this because I personally hate you. I, it's just I don't value your life as much as I value making a bunch of money. Um, it's this is really cold, cynical statement that you know, gets repeated all throughout the movie. And of course, Michael takes everything more personally than anybody does. Um, he's just a sociopath and knows how to be patient, pick his spots, but. Um, but he's willing to take it further than anyone else ever would have. Sure. He bides his time. He, he just like sees the chessboard super well. And yeah, we'll do whatever he'll uh, have his, well, eventually he'll have his brother killed. He'll have his uh, wife's husband killed. Um, he can just lie really convincingly when but, he lies to Kay at the very end. So you're saying Coppola is, is really taking a, a stab at capitalism there that, well, you know. it's in the narrative. It's clear that when you say it's just business, I don't know. But what the service level is, I don't hate you. I'm not murdering you because I don't like you. But the deeper, you know, assertion is I'm killing you because I want to make money. I don't value your existence, continued existence as much as more money in my pockets. But Don don't Diego you think there's doesn't something- want narcotics? Don't you think there's something to be said that the mafia operates outside of that? Like, like the whole whole speech in the you know, uh, uh, the whole speech where he starts out about America and about uh, and then then Corleone goes on this like you you thought you could come here to America, you have a good job, you make a lot of money, and you think you'll just rely on our system here for. Ju- I suppose it's more about justice than than capitalism, but. Like it isn't don't you think there's something to be said that like that that the mafia is filling in a hole in our society that doesn't actually make things aren't actually fair. You know what I mean? As you think they are, you think America is this bastion of freedom and fairness and it's not. But we're here. That's true. Our family Um, will protect it. We'll fix that because we care about ourselves and about each other and the rest of America doesn't. Well, that's true of, of Don Vito and that's his worldview. And that's another thing I like about Godfather Part Two is you see what caused him to rise to power. And you see that he genuinely values community and the people and everything else. Th- those are values he's bringing, which, you know, presumably he transported from Italy. Michael doesn't share those. U- ultimately, when it comes down to it. He doesn't. He sees money and power, and that's it. Um, and the younger generation that sees Don Vito kind of blocking their ability to pump heroin, you know, into the streets of New York... They don't care for his old world values either. There's just more money to be made. But look at look at the outcomes though. Like Vito has this wonderful family, his big wedding, everybody loves him. 
He's Correct. you know a, a hero in his community, and Michael's in the end hated you know he's exactly this is the contrast exactly right oh yeah this is totally correct like that's where like the end of godfather 2 is this like such a different life you get this just sharp contrast of somebody who actually he does violent aggressive awful things but he does it because he cares about people and you know he he wants what's best for the community he kills the guy initially the dawn the original dawn in new york when he moves because that guy was being crappy and didn't care. And he, he wants to help people. He exchanges favors to accrue power, but he's actually helping people out. He's helping that Johnny guy get out of a shitty contract. And he's just genuinely trying to help people. He helps that undertaker get just, this is what he cares about. Well, he like even the movie values. The, yeah. The movie studio guy, he's not being fair, right? No, he's he, actually like hurting the picture because yeah. this guy that's perfect for the role. I'm not getting out of style. Yeah. He's like, I, th- like, it's not because he wouldn't do a great job, that he'd be perfect for the role, the role's perfect for him. If I care about this movie, I'd have him in it, but I'm being petty. Um, and racist. I mean, and, oh, you know, of and course. racist. Yeah, he's extremely racist. Yes, very, very racist. A lot so, of but, anti-Italian but that's, players. I mean, that's capitalism, right? There are people with power like that. And then I think, you know, the Corleone's saying, well, we can, we can level the playing field. We can balance well, the scales. Vito says that. Uh Michael doesn't. He gets rid of the olive oil. Like we're we're out of the olive oil business. All the old world stuff's gone. We don't care about olive olive oil from Italy anymore. Which is crazy he because he wants to go legitimate. Wouldn't that be like the best way? Is just to keep to well, expand your olive oil business. Well, he also sees which way the wind's blowing. He's like knows the casinos are going to be big. This is before Vegas becomes Vegas, right? So he's getting in on the ground floor of Las Vegas essentially, um, smartly, and he's using his leverage to get show business and performers there, and he'll probably strong arm some other performers and probably do all this stuff to, to develop las vegas into what it is but that's you know, and as we're even talking my mind's kind of going because there's the other we're done with this we're going to go to like this perverted version of the american dream las vegas come gamble a bunch of money and you can become rich which is true for a very tiny percentage of people everybody else is going to lose money and end up sad and depressed um it's just such a clear contrast between those two and you, you, you mentioned it's a wonderful life i mean don vito is kind of like a george bailey character almost like yeah he's violent he's aggressive but he cares about community, and Michael doesn't. Ultimately, he doesn't. He cares about power, mostly for power's sake. He just wants to be powerful. He doesn't want to be challenged. Nobody can thwart him. You will not tolerate the slightest, um, you know, aggression against him or the family. And he takes everything to an extreme. And it's it, it's such a good. Con- I mean, yeah, as you're just saying this, my mind's kind of racing. Yeah, no, like Don Vito's that way. He's a much more likable character ultimately. And Michael's not. He's vile. He's terrible. He's, I mean, you know, if you like the term evil, he's as close to evil as you're really going to get in a person form. I mean, what does what does Michael do that's really any good other than just acquire money and kill people that challenge his power? Yeah, I mean, but is is it all just revenge too? You know what I mean? Like he's also, like you said, he took it more personal than anybody. About well, Don what Vito happened. doesn't seek revenge. Ultimately, right. he seeks a peace. His son's killed, right? And he's got like, no, we need peace. And he, I, like, this is if we just keep fighting, we're going to lose more people. It's going to be unproductive. We're going to lose a lot of people. Well, but I think I think that's where the Apollonia Italy scene comes in because I think you're supposed to believe that 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 part of him died. Right. That part of him that oh, was was like his father, where he just wanted a family. He wanted to, to enjoy life. That, that, that all died there. And okay, in that, that car, sense. when that car blew up, it's he was going to get gone. himself a nice Italian yeah. wife and li- live a nice. And then that's he was going to be like his dad, you know. OK, but, that but makes that, sense. That died. 
That makes sense. Okay. That, that makes me like those scenes a little bit more. I mean, it's still pacing wise goes really slow. And it's too but, long. There's too much of it. Yeah. 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 Um, but that, no, that makes sense. I think this ties in, um, pretty well. Um, I don't know. It's a great movie. I don't know. It's man, a I, fucking great movie, man. I, I, I really, I really love this movie. So I don't know. I, I give mean, it, I give it five I, stars. I, 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 five for me as well. I mean, I don't have any serious quibbles. I, I don't, the Italy scene's too long. I don't love Brando's performance as much as other people do. Whoopity do. It's still incredible. Well, okay. Um, one other thing I noticed just to get it in here. Um, the, the scene where, where, uh, Vito Don Corleone gets shot, right? He's at the, uh, the fruit stand. There's like a, a boxing. Jake sign. LaMotta. Jake LaMotta. Yeah. I thought Jake that was kind of funny. I saw that too. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. He's out there the... fighting. No, we're, yeah, this is, we, we Piece together. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, I'm just, this is, is great. And the more we talk about the more, I'm really just every detail works because Michael doesn't speak Italian very well. Like when he's having the dinner, he's trying to talk Italian, but he's struggling. Yeah, so like, you got to translate out. for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, you got to translate this. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And he doesn't want the olive oil and he rejects in the end the, his Italian heritage really um, in favor of just cynical American values like pure money, power, baby. That's it pure the real american dream um just accumulate as much of that of each as you can the the daniel plainview worldview yeah, like absolutely um, and there's a lot of plain view in how michael turns out in his life absolutely yeah anyway it's great but yeah five out of five for me there's no point in believing it. it's i didn't know there's no meaningful criticism of them I don't love well, awesome. scenes. I don't. Yeah, I don't have anything else to really say. I, I love this movie. It's iconic. Like, I mean, just the scene where the horse head. It's like ah ah. It, it, it expands out. How many how many Simpsons jo- like jokes have been based off of that? Or, or oh, parents? there's so much of the stuff has been spoofed. I mean, the yeah. death scene of Don Vito has been spoofed a billion times. The dying in the garden with the old fertilizer can. Yeah, thing. what was? And he's like spilling it all over the place. Like, think of the chemicals in that thing. He's got his little kids spraying these yeah, fertilizers. That, that scene borders on comic to me when I watch it. Is it is kind of like, funny, yeah. yeah. It's like, is it supposed to be comical? I don't think so. I don't, but, you know, it's fine. It's one scene, it's... Whatever. I think it's it's tender. The grandfather and his grandson playing out there in the little garden. I guess by the end, I'm kind of like, all right, Don Vito, you're played out as a character. So, yeah, let's just get you off the board and move on. Um, but, all right. Yeah. If you build it, you will come. Uh, so, uh, do you want me to do my five degrees of Field of Dreams first? Go for it. All yep. right. So, we're connecting Godfather to Field of Dreams. I went with our guy, John Cazale. Like I said, uh, incredible actor. Dude was only in five movies. It's an incredible run. It's an absolutely astounding run. Godfather. He's in the conversation also. You, oh, you mentioned I, that. I, I know. I don't want to spoil it, Eric, but okay. I know he's in I the conversation. I don't remember him in that. Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon. He, that's probably his best. I think well, so, of all of these. Uh, Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter's pretty good, but he's only he's he doesn't go to Vietnam with them. No, right? he he's just he He's like in around. their high school. Yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, have a scene at the beginning where they're at a wedding right before they go to Vietnam, right. and it's Christopher Walken and... Um, De Niro. Uh, De Niro. There we go. The go. But anyway, yeah. I mean, that's, that's my it. least favorite. Those are the only movies he's in. Sixty percent of the movies he were in was in one Best Picture. Yeah, they're all classics, right? They're all like, I mean, Coppola too. He spent a lot of time with Francis Ford Coppola. Yep. But yeah, so Kazale uh, did the conversation, which I, I definitely need to watch. Apparently, Harrison Ford is in the conversation. 
I did all that. He, IMDb. Yeah, has oh yes, he's in for a very. It's like one scene. Like, yes. apo- like Apocalypse Now. He's only in Basically, one scene. Yes. He's like okay. he's got the relationship with uh, the Spielberg Francis Ford Coppola kind of atmosphere before he okay. blows up. He's in a movie called Forty Two. I think it's about Jackie Robinson. And yep. Ch- Chadwick Boseman's in that. Boseman's in Draft Day with Kevin Costner. All right. So, yeah, I also did John Cazale. Um, I went with Conversation which stars Gene Hackman. And I know, I think you have issues with Gene Hackman, but I, I think I love late, late period Gene Hackman. Well, he's always late period. Cause he was always an old man to me. Well, yeah, this is a but side like, note too. We've hit a bunch of Robert Duvall movies. Isn't Robert Duvall oh. supposed to be like Sonny's contemporary? Like I'm supposed to be around, around the same age. They grew up. Yeah. He was like an orphan and they were buddies and they, they just like, hung around, but he looks like 15 years older than James Caan and the Godfather. I'm like, you guys, he's got most of his hair though. He, definitely has he, just, he still looks like he's like 45. Well, he's coming off the heels of the greatest movie of all time, which is THX 1138. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're yeah, just sorry. completing uh, the Robert Duvall filmography. So he's been in 90 movies, and I'm just trying to think. So I, if you look through here, this is a, a, a big aside. But we watched Bullet. We talked about THX 1138. talked about The Godfather. Um didn't we have a bit of a gap? And I don't know if we've seen much of his after that. So we eat those three. It feels like he's been in every movie we've done. Well, we've used him a lot for the seven okay, degrees maybe of separation. That's it. He's just connected a lot with a lot of other. Well, he's in a lot of movies. That's true. I mean, he's been in 90, 90 movies starting with To Kill a Mockingbird in 1962. So, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big range. And he's still he's filming a movie called The Plowman right now. So... Uh, you know, he's still out there doing stuff, which is astounding. Anyway, um, so conversation, Gene Hackman, uh, try to get past Gene Hackman. I, I think he's really great in this role and, and he's not playing a guy that's necessarily likable. I hope you can deal with the fact that he's, he's, he's not playing another guy that is purely heroic. But anyway, Gene Hackman's in the Royal Tenenbaums, which is Lo- probably my second favorite, first or second, depending on when you ask me, Wes that's- Anderson. Oh, it's it's Wes Anderson's best movie, but almost maybe Gene Hackman's best. I would say almost his best performance. He's, he's amazing in, he's, in that movie. Yeah, um, I mean he's great. Um, and it, I love it. I I love Grand Buda, Budapest Hotel probably more than you do. Those are the two that battle for the top two spots. It's, no chance. It's whatever. It's an immaculately incredible movie. But that's Bottle Rock is better than Grand Budapest. I disagree, but fair enough. You're you're allowed to believe what you want. It's a free reality. Um, but uh, Danny Glover's in Royal Tenenbaums, and he's also in a movie called Silverado with uh, Kevin Costner and a bunch of other people, a Western from 1985 that I've never seen, but who knows? Someday maybe we'll watch Silverado. And yeah, a little Costner, prelude to, to uh, Yellowstone for Costner there. Oh, yeah, he, I mean, he's kind of done the Western stuff. I mean, yeah, that's true. He's kind of a Western Wider. as well. Yeah. And he's a guy that's stoic and doesn't say much and is a man of action. Feels like a Kevin Costner rule to me. Um, but all right, so that was your number two. Now we're my revealing two. Ben's number two favorite movie of all time. Yep, let me. My, I'm always really bad with um, clues, but we'll, we'll try it here. Um, <laughs> One thing I thought so, if you're listening to this, I know there are a few people out here listening to this. If you want to like send us on social media your fi- five favorite films of all time, we'd love love to hear it. Just an idea. So, um, so for this movie, 
They started filming it, and after about a month of filming, they were looking at the lead and said the lead is just all wrong for the part. And so they had to do a complete reshoot and, and they had to recast the lead. That's clear. I, I think okay. I know what this is, but before I say it, um, okay. uh, so Francis Ford Coppola is making a new movie, right? Like right now, as we speak, called Megatropolis. Or Mega Megopolis, but it's it's. It, if it ever happens, I'll be shocked. The same thing happened. I think they shut down production or something, and they've like a whole new cast or crew has been fired and brought in. So I just that just triggered the thought. I like just that was like a news report that just came out like a week ago about his his new film. Yeah, I, I'll be like, shocked. There's like Marvel people business. dunking on that, like, see, this is what happens if you don't make a movie with Marvel, you can't do it, and it's like Get the fuck out of here. Like, first of all, that's, tr- if that's true. That's depressing. If like. You can't make a movie outside of Marvel, man. Like, if that's the actual reality, what a bummer. Well, like, apparently the, bu- the budget is just ballooning on this movie. Right, 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 yeah. yes. And he's probably being a lunatic, and he's yeah. like, this is my magnum opus after so many years I'm trying to make the perfect movie, and he's just probably being an absolute lunatic about everything, which is great, but it's not always fun to work with somebody like that um, who, you know, wants you to work 16-hour days or whatever. Um, and, and will literally kill animals if... If well, he won't do that anymore, to... but yes. Because well, he yes. can't. He probably would Correct. if he could. Sure, sure. He'd get arrested if he tried it now, maybe. I don't... Most lunatic filmmakers would. I mean, I, yeah, I think Christopher Nolan, if he wanted to kill an animal, thought it would work and could, he would. I Motherfucker just set off a nuclear bomb. Right. I think he would do whatever yeah. he could to make a movie. Right. If he thought, I, we, we need to have a dead donkey or whatever it is, um, let's murder a donkey. Um, so, yeah. Uh, did that give it away with my first clue you got? Back, to the, back to the future? Yes. Yes, it is. Yep. Okay. All right. I like it. Oh, yeah. So just back to the future one, right? Oh, no. It's actually part three. <laughs> okay. If Back to the future three was your second favorite movie of all time, I would say. So here, here's a – gosh, you're such an enigma, Ben, because this is that's just a pure entertainment movie. That that's not going to get your brain racing, right? It's just pure entertainment, and I love. I mean, it is that was on my short list of of five favorite films. But we'll we'll save this for the next podcast. But I will, I'll happily explain why Back to the Future is in I, again. I you know I like lots of movies for lots of different reasons. Um, this one almost didn't make the cut. I mean, it was between this and another movie very intensely. Um, but but you know. It's not. I don't just have cynical movies about how shitty reality is. I, I I have those, but you know I don't think Star Trek Six is that, for example. And I do get some stuff out of Back to the Future, other than entertainment. Although there's a lot of entertainment there, but we'll we'll get to it. So Back to the Future. Back to time. the Future, Robert Zemeckis. Let's do Absolutely. it. You were just on point. You just knew that they had to recast that role. That oh, yeah. did not slip past you. That's... Yeah, it was Eric Stoltz was the original Marty Yeah, and he's apparently very, very serious and being like dramatic. He apparently was a method actor. He was doing method acting. So he was being Marty McFly even when they weren't filming. Uh, was like, no, no, we need like a screwball energy. This is not working at all. Yeah. Uh, this is not a serious did you ha- Did you have other clues that you had... Not, not, not good ones. I was going to eventually reference Eric Stoltz. Um, and there was a lot of drama. Originally, he wanted to make the movie in the early 80s. You got got a lot of Huey Lewis facts in there? No. No, I didn't do any Huey But it was okay. they, wanted to, they wanted to make it in the early 80s, but they thought it was too tame of a comedy because this is off the heels of, like, Animal House and Caddyshacks. So yeah. they thought, you know, it's got to be really raw and we got to have, like, sex and nudity. This is too tame. 
it's not risque enough for a comedy. So it got table eventually made romancing the stone, which bought him enough cred um, to be able to get this one made. And there was also, there's all sorts of like dynamics. Um, so like Rob, Robert Evans is the Gastillo guy with uh, Godfather, right? Yeah. Paramount. I think you yeah. mentioned him. Yep. He was involved this and there's some back and forth because Spielberg was going to try to get it made and use his leverage and clout. Zemeckis didn't want to just rely on Spielberg to get movies made, and then Spielberg decided he'd back it, but had problems with Evans, who didn't want him to make E.T. So there's all sorts of, like, personal... Yeah, Spielberg did that with a lot, like, Gremlins, right? He threw his weight behind that movie, you know what I mean? Like, he did that with a lot of different filmmakers. It's... No, he's great. I mean, he, yeah. he loves movies. He yeah. wants to make his movies, but he wants other people to make their movies, too. But right. That's a good idea, and he thinks you can do it. How about it? He wants There's nobody like that now. There's nobody out there just DreamWorks. And, yeah. and he did they didn't ultimately like they couldn't quite compete with Pixar, but they tried, like, let's make yeah. some movies. Like, it's not like Shrek. It's not like Nolan's out here like stumping for other filmmakers. He's just doing his thing, you know what I mean? Like there there aren't people it, like that anymore. It's tough. And it's a lot of money to make movies, and it's like we're just stuck in this hell where you're either making some big sci-fi blockbuster or you're making something you know, for... You know who does games. that? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele, like uh, uh, the Spike Lee movie, Black Klansman, like he produced that. He put his weight behind that after Get Out. Like he's one of the people out there kind of doing that. Sure. And there's probably more. I don't always know who's producing everything because I'm just not that plugged into who's doing a movie. Brad Pitt. Brad it's, Pitt it's, had his own production company. He was kind of throwing his weight sure. around there too. But, you I mean, know, he's an actor. That's a little different. Yeah, very rich and very prestigious actor. But yeah. yeah, so he can throw his weight behind some projects. But yeah, didn't he? Didn't his studio make Twelve Years a Slave? Yep. Yeah. And that's why he did this small part. He had a small part in that. Tom Cruise had a thing that, and that eventually went under. Sure. He was, I mean, but he was just like producing his own movies. Like that's a little different. I, yeah, some people do that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Mel Brooks had a production company. I mean, he produced The Fly, which is crazy to think about. You know. The frick. Danny DeVito had a production company. There's a lot of people out there that did that kind of stuff. But but that like to like put your name like as a as a way to get things made like that. That's a little different, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just you kind of got to do that. People don't want to take chances on stuff. Uh, All right, Ben, leave the gun, take the cannolis. Thanks for listening, everybody. Peace.